Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Good morning, Berean family. If any visitors here, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Those online, good morning. God bless you. I hope everyone enjoyed your Christmas. I know uh, we remember that Jesus is the reason for this season, and we celebrated his birth. I hope that you guys had a great Christmas. My, this is our family's first Christmas uh, back in the States, and uh, my children, they really enjoyed it. We're, we're thankful. And how about an applause that this is the last Sunday of 2020, huh? It might be an understatement that we are all ready for 2021, right? If some of you could, you'll probably jump into the new year. But uh, are we really ready for the new year? Like, have you really begun to prepare your heart in your life? Are you really ready to use your gifts that God has given you for the building of his kingdom? Like, have you evaluated your life as we approach this new year? Are you contemplating how you're going to redeem the time or use your talents and treasures for God's glory in this new year? I think we'll be quick to say, I'm ready for the new year. Are you really? Have you really, are you really, are we really preparing ourselves for this new year? Well, your leaders want you to be prepared. So for the next three weeks, we'll be in a series entitled Rethink Resources. And we're going to consider these three gifts God has given us, our time, talents, and treasure. And the hope of this series is that we will truly be prepared for 2021. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. This morning, we're going to consider the topic of time. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll look at, we'll start with verses 15 and 17. By the way, I'm Brother Lentrell. I didn't introduce myself, uh, but uh, it's a pleasure for me to bring the word to you this morning. Before we read the passage, would you join me in prayer? Oh God, I'm just keep calling. I keep storming this throne of grace and asking God that you would do a mighty work in our hearts that this would not just be another message, but the best sermons are the ones that get applied. And so, God, please let this message be applied and let your spirit work in such a way that we enter into the new year ready, ready to make the most of every opportunity, ready to give you all that we have because it was yours, it is yours, and ready to use all the abilities we have for your glory Father, help us. We need you. We need you to work in our hearts by your spirit. So please do so for your glory and for our good. In Jesus Christ's name I ask, amen, amen. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll look at a number of texts, but this is a good text to kind of get the ball off the ground. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus saying, look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Or some translations say, redeeming the time. For the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I can't think of a message more relevant, more important than a message on time right before the new year. And it's my hope that at the end of this message, this truth will be stamped on our hearts. 
I think I want this truth to be tucked away in our hearts. And the truth is this, is, uh, as well, it is our big idea of this message. Time is precious. Therefore, it must not be wasted, but redeemed. If you get nothing else, please get this big idea. Tuck this truth away in your heart. Time is precious. Therefore, it must be redeemed. Are you redeeming the time? Is that how you live? Is that a conviction of your heart? Some of you may say redeeming the time. What does that even mean? I know it sounds somewhat churchy, so right up front, let me give you a definition. What does it mean to redeem the time? There's two words here in the Greek, and they can be translated to redeem the time, or as the ESV translates it, making the most, or I'm sorry, as the ESV translated, making best use of our time. But what do these words mean, redeem and time? So redeem was actually a term used in the marketplace. And so it's this idea that something is on sale and you have to purchase it. You have to buy it up. You have to buy it now. There's a sense of urgency connected to it. There's something on sale and it must be purchased now. And then the word time, it's not the way we think of it or it's not the word we typically use for time. Time here speaks more of an opportunity or a season, a a, a specific occasion. And so if you just put that together, when Paul says, redeem the time, we're making the best use of our time, he's saying we need to do whatever we can to take advantage of the opportunity. Waste no time, waste no opportunity. Is that a commitment that you have? To never waste an hour or a minute or a second of precious time that God has given you. Do you live like that? We live like that. That I'm going to seek every advantage. I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity that's presented to me. Is this even important? Like, do we need to redeem the time? And if so, how do we redeem the time? Those two questions I'm hoping to answer uh, this morning with the, grace, with the help of God's grace. And so why should we redeem the time? I think we can see very uh, clearly we need to redeem the time because time is precious. Time is precious. Turn with me to James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15. James chapter 4. Almost drunk someone else's water. That wouldn't have been nice. James chapter 4, verses uh, 13 to 15. Listen to what James says. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now, James is speaking to people who arrogantly make plans and they ignore two important realities. The first reality is the reality of God. They're making plans apart from God. They're not considering God as they make plans. But secondly, they ignore this truth or this reality that that time is uncertain. They don't know, or in time is temporary. They don't know what tomorrow will bring. They don't even know if they will have a tomorrow. And so in arrogance, they make these plans. And note what James calls our life. He says it's just a mist. Smoke, it appears, it's here for a little while and then it is gone. I think Paul can speak more into this topic of 
time being precious. In Romans 13, notice what Paul writes. Romans 13, verses 11, in the beginning of verse 12. Paul says, Beside this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Now, Paul is calling Christians to action because the return of the Lord is prompt. It's coming. It is soon. And someone might say, well, people have been talking about Jesus is going to return for thousands of years. But that's just the point. If, if thousands of years have passed, we are closer to that final day than ever before. Paul is saying, wake up from your sleep. And, and sleep here is somewhat of a metaphor for just living a lazy life or living carelessly. Paul says, don't do that. Wake up. Our final day is approaching. The night is gone. Eternity is at the door, Paul is saying. And just looking at these two passages, hearing from Uncle James and Brother Paul, I think we can, cannot miss three important truths. Three important truths to, that, that explain it and just illustrate the preciousness of time. First, life is short or time is short. Time is short. We, we don't know how much time we have, but we have this understanding that time is short. Many of you can testify to this, that life is short just by how fast life goes by, right? Even myself, it feels like just yesterday I was 10 years old and playing with my Pokemon cards and stealing non-laters from the store. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I, I paid it back. I gave retribution. <laughs> but, but now I'm 30 and I have three kids and, you know, so time just goes by so fast. Doesn't it? Life is short. I think Moses had this truth in his heart when he wrote Psalms 90, verse 12, where he said, teach us to number our days, O Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think this was the truth that was in Moses' heart. Time is short. Therefore, we need wisdom. We need to consider our time properly, correctly. Time is precious because time is short. Time is also precious because time is uncertain. Again, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know if you will have a tomorrow. And that's very humbling. Young people, uh, I know that it's very tempting to believe this lie that you will have all the time in the world. In the Dominican, when I was teaching Bible to high schoolers, this was one excuse that the students always gave me when, when, I, got, when I got to that gospel conversation with them. When we talked about accepting Christ and turning from their sins, they would always tell me, later, I'll do it later, I have time. When I get 16, one girl, she was just absolutely committed at her 16th birthday, she was going to become a Christian. But, but here's the lie, you, you don't know if you will have tomorrow. Don't believe the lie, young people, that you just have all the time in the world because the truth is you don't. You don't know. Time is uncertain. Millions of people died this year who were not anticipating dying. And I'm not making light of death, especially death in a year like this one. But, but think about that. Many died and they thought that they would be here. They would see the new year, but they're not here. Time is uncertain. 
tomorrow isn't promised. I remember talking with Brother Dan um, right when we were just beginning to think through what would it look like for, for me to come and serve here at Berean. We were on the phone. We were still just kind of getting to know each other, and he would give me wisdom. And Dan said something that was so profound. I asked him, what motivates you in ministry? And he said, a finite timeline, a finite timeline. He would go on to say that he, I love people and I want to serve people, but at his heart, his heart is beating because he knows he only has so much time to do what the Lord has called him to do. And that should only be, that shouldn't only be the heart of our pastor. That should be the heart of all of us, that we only have so much time and we have to do what the Lord has called us to do. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we will have a tomorrow. And isn't that just humbling when you really think about it? It's humbling, isn't it? John Piper, he he speaks into this and he says, not only is time uncertain, but time is unstoppable. We can't stop time. Listen to Piper. He says, the clock never stops ticking. (laughs) It never stops ticking. He says, nothing but God is more persistent than the passing of time. Wow. He's saying only God is more constant than time in its progression. He says, you can't stop it or slow it. He says, it is sovereign over all humans' resistance. You catch that? He's saying if all of us wanted to get together and with all our might stop time from ticking, we couldn't. We can't stop time. Do we realize that this morning? How unstoppable the tick ticking of time is. Piper would go on to say this. Time does not discriminate. Young or old, whether you're in pain or pleasure, crying or laughing, nothing, absolutely nothing makes a difference to the unstoppable, unchanging tick, tick, ticking of time. Time is precious. You see that? Time is precious because time is short. Life is short. Time is precious because time is uncertain. We don't know how much time we have. And time is precious because it can't be recovered. Do you see that? Do you recognize the the preciousness of time? If you have that conviction that time is precious, it will change how you spend this afternoon. Amen? It'll change how you spend tonight. It'll change how much you you watch TV or or stroll on, on social media and Facebook. If you really have this conviction that time is precious, it'll affect you. It'll affect how much you pray and read your Bible or witness. It's my prayer, family, that we would see time as precious. Time is precious, therefore we must redeem it. But how? How can we redeem time? I want to devote the rest of this message to just answering that question. We see time is precious. How can we redeem time? Firstly, we must waste none of it. Waste none of it. Time is precious, therefore waste no time. Look back at Ephesians 5. I want you to see this. I think it's very important. 
In Ephesians 5, notice what Paul says in verse 15. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time. So making the best use of our time is something the wise person does, right? But, but notice in verse 1, I think this is very essential to Paul's argument. He says in verse 1 of chapter 5, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Paul is saying, because you are God's children, imitate your father. And he will go on to say, because imitate your father. How? By walking in love. That's verse 2 of chapter 5. How should we imitate our father? Walking in the light. That's verse 3 to 14. How can we imitate our father? Walk in wisdom. That's our text, verse 15 to 17. So we are to imitate our father. How? By walking in in wisdom. What does a wise person do? He redeems the time. I say all that to say this, it is foolishness to waste time. Only a fool will waste something so precious. And and I don't want to intentionally insult anyone, but if you are wasting your time, you are acting foolish. How do we waste our time? Well, I think we can fill in that blank very easily. You know how you're spending your time. Time should not be wasted. But notice Paul's argument. He's saying we are believers filled with the Spirit, and it is through that relationship to God that we are to redeem the time. This is not us by our own strength trying to do something. I think it's important to clarify that. Paul says because you are God's children, and that implies we have God's Spirit, therefore redeem the time. Redeeming the time should really be just an overflow of our relationship to Jesus. As we abide in Christ, as we walk with Jesus, we're going to see time as he does, and we're going to do with time what is pleasing to him. Amen? Again, so this is not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. No, you can redeem time. You can waste no time as you abide in Christ. That's so important for you to see. You want to redeem time, abide in him. Walk in wisdom, and you will do so. And I'm belaboring this point, don't waste time. To waste time is foolish, but to waste time is also dangerous. It's dangerous. Jonathan Edwards, who helped me a lot in the preparation of this message, says, he says this, a happy or miserable eternity depends on what we do in our lifetime. Wow. Feel the weight of that, right? You want a happy eternity or you want a miserable eternity? It depends on what you do here in this life. If in this life you trust in Christ and you give your life to Jesus, if you submit to him as your Lord, your eternity will not only be happy but joyful for all eternity. But if you spend this life ignoring the Savior, ignoring his love, ignoring his cross, and you do that unto death. You you go to the grave ignoring God and his love for you. Your eternity will be miserable. Separation from God for all eternity. You see that? To to waste time is dangerous. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, I want to speak to you specifically. We believe The transformation of your life doesn't specifically depend on you. You can't change yourself. If you could, you would. 
Many people make resolutions and they end uh, very quickly. January 3rd, they're over, right? Because they're trying in their own strength. So we believe that God must change us. But if you're not a Christian, please hear me and please see how dangerous and how foolish it is to, to ignore the preciousness of time. And right now is a, is a perfect time for you to note how much God loves you and how he's willing to save you. He proved that by sending his son Jesus here to this earth to live a life that we could never live, not in our lifetime or a thousand lifetimes. And what Jesus did on the cross is he made a perfect sacrifice for our sins. We have sinned in many ways. And Jesus made a perfect sacrifice. He took our place as a perfect substitute. And if you would just turn from your sins and trust in Jesus, you will be saved. Right now is a perfect time. I can't think of a better time if you're not a Christian to trust in Jesus right now. Let me put it another way. Rest the eternal weight of your soul on the person and work of Jesus Christ. Trust him. Trust that he is enough to save you. He has done enough to save you, and you will be saved. My brothers and sisters, how do we redeem the time first? Don't waste any. Don't waste any time. Secondly, we need to live intentionally. Notice back at what Paul calls the day we're living in. He says make the most use of time because the days are evil. Excuse me. And what he means by that evil days is just that we're living in a fallen world. The world we live in is broken. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so we as Christians, we need to do the most. We need to take advantage of every opportunity to shine our light. Redeem the time. Again, it means to seize every opportunity. Seize every opportunity to be fruitful to honor God, to love our neighbor, or to serve our neighbor. Edwards and his resolutions will go on to say this, resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it was the last hour of my life. <laughs> wow. You understand what he's saying? He said, I'm going to live as if every moment is the last hour of my life. He, he wanted to live intentionally, and, and we need to by the power of God's spirit as well. We need to abide in Christ in a way in which it will enable us to live intentionally. And can I tell you, each one of you have unique opportunities in your life right now. Each one of you are in unique seasons of life right now that can be redeemed for God's glory and for your good. Can I prove it to you? Think of your children, if you have children whether they're little and you're just caring for them or whether they're older and you're, you're walking alongside them and giving them wisdom and instruction, you can redeem that season. You can re this is an opportunity. Your children are an opportunity for you to redeem the time. What about your spouse? No matter where you guys are in your marriage, it is a perfect season to be redeemed, to grow in love for one another. To, to continue to grow in godliness together. Maybe you're retired, and, and it may feel like, what are we going to do with this, this marriage that God has given us? Grow. Continue to become like Christ together. Don't miss that season. 
with your spouse? Or what about your parents? Some of you may have parents that are older, and this is a perfect season to love them the way they loved you, to support them, to come alongside them the way they loved you and brought you up. Don't miss that season with your life, with your parents, or or maybe school, college. This is not a season to be wasted. Some college students think it is a season to get wasted. But it's not. It's a season to be redeemed. As you are preparing for the professional life, this is not a season to be wasted. It's a season for witnessing, for growing. Middle schoolers, high schoolers, this is not a season to be wasted. This is a season to be redeemed. What about work? I know this is a tough one, right? The temptation is just to make the job clock in, clock out. I'm I'm done, right? No. I I know maybe some of you think about your coworkers, and you, you may say, these people, they can't be redeemed. But they can. And this is a season for you to shine your light at your job. Redeem the time. Redeem the opportunity. God is looking and ready to use you. Redeem the time. What about your neighbors? Maybe some of you have neighbors that you don't even know their name. Don't waste this season. Don't waste this opportunity. God placed those people on the side of you for a reason. Redeem that season. Someone, again, may say, you don't know my neighbors. That's not the point. Redeem the time. You can do the impossible with the help of God. This generation, I know we, it seems like we're living in such a broken world, but this generation can be redeemed as the people of God stand up and, sh- and shine their light. How do we redeem the time? Live intentionally. A second. Waste no time was the first. Thirdly, live in obedience to God's word. You want to redeem the time? Live in obedience to God's word. Notice what Paul says in verse 17. He says in Ephesians 5, he says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is revealed in the word of the Lord. And if you want to walk in wisdom, if you want to redeem the time, you have to live in obedience to God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is not your own strength. You're going to obey the word by a power that's greater than yours. Amen. Notice what Paul says in Romans. We were in verse, we were in chapter 13 and we read verse 11 and 12. But notice what he says, continuing in that passage. This is Romans 13, kind of finishing off from verse 12, going into verse 14. He says, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quelling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You want to kind of summarize all that Paul said there? It's simple. Live in obedience to the word by the power of the spirit. If we're going to redeem the time we're going to have to obey the word. And, and I hope, again, I hope that's not too elementary or too simple for you. 
but it's the truth. There will be no redemption of time apart from obedience to God's word. Lastly, live with urgency. If we're going to live, if we're going to redeem the time, we must live with urgency. Again, Jonathan Edwards in his resolutions, he says this, resolve never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it the most possible way I can. You catch that? Edwards said, I'm not trying to lose a second. I'm going to, I'm going to live with an urgency. And I think Edwards was just only imitating our Lord. Because if we look at the life of Jesus, it is very clear that Jesus himself lived with a sense of urgency. Very quickly, very urgently, let me show you in John 9, John 9 verse 4, Jesus says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Our Lord Jesus lived with a sense of urgency, a sense of purpose to fulfill the will of the Father. Jesus would would say even before that in John 4, 34 and 35, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say that there are four months and then comes the harvest. That's an important part of the text. Don't just say in four months, then comes the harvest. Look up. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. They were right in, the, in Jesus' day, and they are white in our day. They are ready to be reaped. There's, an, there's a work to be done, and there must be an urgency in the heart of God's children. We must live with urgency, as our Lord did. Time is not to be wasted. Again, time is precious. It's not to be wasted. It must be redeemed. As we close, and I just want to ask you to stand and we're going to have a moment of prayer as the band comes up. And I want you to contemplate this question. What must I do? What must change in my life in order for me to redeem the time? Again, the question is, what must change in my life? What's stopping me from redeeming the time? What must change in order for me to make the most of every opportunity? It's a question I want you to contemplate, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us that the Lord will help us in 2021, that it would be a year where we, Berean family, redeem the time. So please pray with me. Contemplate that question. Father, we pray that you would help us Again, it is not by our strength, it's not by our own might that we will redeem the time, but it will be by the power of your spirit. God, help us. Help us to search our hearts and search our life and recognize what must change, what must stop, what must start in order for us to redeem the time. I think of my own life, Father. And I know immediately what I need to stop doing and what I need to start doing to make the most of time. Help us reflect on this. You give us breath. It's your breath in our lungs. And we are to live for your glory. Help us to do that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.